Hello everyone and welcome to the latest episode of Dairy Pod. I'm Rory McDonald from the Dairy Australia farm team. Once a day milking might seem like a dream for many of our farmers, but just what is the reality when it comes to implementing this system on farm? Stu Griffin, who share farms with his wife Belinda at Westbury in Gippsland, has had five years to examine the impact on their farm business of a switch to a once a day system, and his conclusions are well worth hearing. Stu talks about the impact of once a day milking on pasture utilisation, cow fertility, cow health, staffing, and most importantly of all, profitability and lifestyle. I caught up with Stu recently on his farm and started out by asking him to give a brief background to his farm business. Uh, we've been once a day for, I think this is our fifth season now, they all sort of merge into one, but I think this is our fifth season now. Uh, but we milk 520 cows uh, on 158 hectares uh, milking area um, uh, with around 130 odd turnout, uh, which has just increased in the last um, six months. We are predominantly pasture based. We aim to feed about 0.8 of a tonne, 0.6 to 0.8 of a tonne of grain per cow. Uh, and mostly homegrown silage, a bit of standing, uh, standing crops brought in as well. Um, uh, crossbred cows, Frisian, Jersey, Aussie red crossbred cows. We've been crossbred for uh, over 10 years. Um, and we, we made the switch five years ago uh, for a few reasons. We were, we were seeing you know, some farms around us that were, that were changing to once a day for a variety of reasons. Some... Uh, are you know, right in the middle of their dairy careers. Some are, are more towards the end. Uh, some are just starting out uh, as well that have started from from the ground up once a day. So we were seeing some numbers. We were seeing uh, some of the benefits. We were looking at our at our system and and thinking, well, you know, we've got we feel we've got the right system. We've got the right cows. Uh, we milked our heifers once a day for the season prior to going full once a day as well. Uh, which was an interesting experience. Got the idea from New Zealand, brought all the cows in together, but then split the heifers off, or the first calvers off with our auto draft gate as they left the shed. And then they went to a paddock for 24 hours and we just milked the mature cows. Yeah, okay, so you had two separate herds almost in that first. Yeah, but milked them together and it, it worked quite well. So we, we did that. Um, we ran into 2016, uh, pretty dry year. We all know what else happened in 2016. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, and we were looking at how we were going to transition our system. So we thought about would we go keep those two-year-olds at becoming three-year-olds once a day, bring the two-year-olds to us once a day. So basically have a 50-50 herd uh, for another year and then go once a day. We we ran the numbers and you know, staring at a pretty low milk price and thought, but if we're gonna if we're gonna have a pretty tough year, let's let's have a go. So yeah. we um yeah, we threw ourselves into it. So we were looking long term at maintaining profitability uh, but with hopefully a more sustainable system cow wise people wise labor wise all those yeah so I, I guess it's an interesting thing once a day milking there's a lot of people that it's not that common in Australia did you look to locally um, was there many people that were also doing once a day or, or was yeah it? so we were we were lucky enough in our discussion group to have three or four once a day milkers by that, uh, once a day farms by that stage. Uh, and the consultant that we use is fairly experienced in, in once a day, uh, but also looked outside that. So I spoke to some, um, or looked at some numbers of some other people around 
locally, but also New Zealand and Ireland have some good some good resources on what's no milking. So exactly. Yeah. We um we and what we also did was one sat down with our consultant and did a, a really good budget on what we what we thought could be achieved, and then we actually took that to our discussion group as well and and said tear it apart and if we're if we've got our heads in the cloud then tell us and they certainly would tell us and and it got the tick off look then we ran into um in in this part of the world three pretty um pretty average seasons so that um that certainly made me question the question the transition but when we were you know we're looking at the numbers every month and, and going well if we were milking twice a day where does the where does the feed come from uh and so we were while it was while it was pretty tough um we were reasonably confident that we're still on the right track. Um, the first few years are always the toughest anyway, um, because that's when you're going to get your biggest reduction in, in milk. It's when you're going to be sorting out which cows are most suitable for once a day milking. Yeah. It, it really, we we absolutely gave it a, a you know, unless there was a disaster, a minimum three years. Yeah. We, were, we were not going to really get the herd where we wanted it to be in under three years. So we were realistic on, on going into it. Yeah. So if we go back to 2016, I guess, when you first started doing it, um, you know, you were doing twice a day milking up to that point. What was your milk solids per cow, for argument's sake? Yeah, so we, we were sitting in that 360 to 380 a kilo, uh, uh, kilos yeah. Yeah, per cow. Um, stopped at 3.5, 3.6 when we were, when we were twice a day. Uh, feeding one to one point two ton of grain, and after your first full season of once a day milking, you know, typically they say there's a fifteen twenty percent drop in, yeah, in solids. Yeah, and we were we were at the upper end of that, so we yeah. were up around the twenty percent drop in in solids. Some of that was definitely seasonal. When we looked at pasture consumptions, it just yeah. wasn't the same as the as the previous years. So, and you would have fed a, fed a bit less grain, and, as well. yeah, and fed less grain actually. In, well. We increased stocking rate initially, then we did buy some more land, so the, the stocking rate did drop, um, and now we're at about 3.3, so we did we then bought some more cows in the next year, but it was, certainly there was there was a reduction from going once a day, um, but some of it was also seasonal, so I think we're at around the 260, 270 kilos, um, which was which was a bigger drop than we were, than we were hoping for, um, but we'd seen enough numbers that, you know, 300 to 330 dry land um, is well and truly achievable. Have seen numbers up, um, you know, between 370 and 400 kilos. And just of for cow. context, how big are your cows? You mentioned about yeah. cow type. We might just talk about that for yeah, a minute. Yeah, so not, not big cows either. So like I say, we were doing the, that 360 to 380. I think our best year was around 400 um, kilos of solids of cow, but we've probably got a herd average weight around 450 to four. 70 kilos yeah, uh, yeah. so weight. very so, much a crossbred medium type medium cow, type yeah. cow. Yep, yeah absolutely yeah and you think that's an important factor for people thinking about once a day milking look, the cow I, type look i think it is um it we were reasonably confident that our herd would adapt fairly well we culled two cows um that, that didn't adapt that just broke down with um with persistent mastitis so that was that was really positive look you can you can expect you know, maybe 5 to 10% won't adapt. We didn't find that at all. We found it yeah. to be um, the, the, the herd adapted, adapted really well. Um, depending on, on your herd, other health is one that we get a lot of questions on. You know, yeah. are you, is your cell count going to blow out? Our experience, and, and from talking to other people, is 
if you've got good other health going into once a day milking, you probably won't have too many issues. So, so was there a slight increase in, in total? Not, in not really, no. So we, we ran sub-hundreds through the spring twice a day. We, we run sub-hundreds once a day. That's um, pretty good. Yeah. This season's been a little bit different, but I'm not putting that down to once a day. Just a, just a couple other other things. We probably pushed our, our average age of the herd a little bit higher. Um, that we'd um, that we'd like to. But you're still well and truly in premium milk, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I suppose now you're in your fourth, fifth year. Have you seen that as you you know that initial drop uh, that you mentioned was around the twenty percent or whatever in milk solids? Has that kind of clawed its way back a little bit yeah. as you've gone through? So what would you be at say now? Yeah, so that? last season was uh, around two eighty five, two ninety, um, a cow. And this season to now, we're, we're on track to hit our, our target of 300 plus. So if, um, if the season goes, goes our way, um, but even with silage reserves. And, and that, of course, a lot of that might be a factor of how long the pasture is available, you know, into it, mid, it, November, December and, and the quality of the feed you're given at that point. Yeah, that's right. Pasture quality is really key in a, in a once-a-day system. You can't go and tip. Six, seven, eight kilos of grain down their throat to get yourself out of a, a tight spot um, and, and hold high production. You just can't do that in, um, in once a day. So pasture quality is a really big focus for us. We're, um, we're managing, actively managing pasture quality. Yeah, so do you um, think that your pasture management skills were had to almost improve in some ways or uh, are they much different to twice a day milking? Not too much different to twice a day milking. We, we always were very pasture focused um, going into it. Um, so not a, not a huge amount, but we just know we've got to be, we've just got to do everything or most things right. Um, poor quality, poor quality pasture will, will cause cows to drop, particularly in mid lactation. And, and it's hard to get once a day cows to come back out of that. Uh, yeah. Top quality grass will do it, but in on a dry land farm in, in Gippsland, if um if you go into December with you know long rank pasture and make cows eat it, um it doesn't really matter what happens in January and February, you're gonna be up against it. So yeah. it's it's just making sure you've got it, it the same focus for, for twice a day farms as well, but it, it, it really does make you um, acutely aware of it. So when you're actually giving your, your allocating pasture to your cows in your once a day system, obviously they're only coming into the dairy once a day. Do you do you allocate one paddock for a twenty four hour period, or do you actually still do two twelve hour blocks like you know a twice a day farm might do? It really depends on paddock size. So it's it's around setting our rotation. Uh, so if our rotation is two point says two point eight hectares per herd. Uh, then we will do everything we can to maintain, you know, plus or minus ten percent on that. Uh, so if that means a shift during the day, uh, then we'll do a shift during the day. If we can allocate that total area in uh, in a day, then I'll get that total area for a day. Yeah, I think that's that makes definitely makes sense. In terms of um, we didn't touch on this, uh, Stu, but in terms of your um calving pattern and then subsequent to that your fertility so i presume you get your one your spring seasonal calving herd so are you what how how tight can you get your calving pattern and yeah have you seen much effects on on fertility we we have so in our first year so we twice a day we were a 12-week joining single joining uh in uh so well, it was about the 23rd of july start of calving we pushed that first of august but uh 12-week joining and around 
a 10 to 12 percent empty rate was a was about typical um, some use of cedars uh, some use of carbon induction back in the back in the day we were we were getting away from that even when we were twice a day uh, we've now in our first year we went to around eight percent empty rate and over the previous two seasons or prior to last season up around the 10 to 12 percent again uh, which we're not entirely sure why uh, last season 10 percent uh, this season practice in a couple of weeks but expecting a pretty good a pretty good result this year so I think those previous years couple of tough seasons cows not in the not in the condition we wanted them so they all the, the fundamentals are still the same cows calving in the in the right condition um, Rise and plant nutrition adjoining, yeah, all of those. Do things. you find that there is less condition loss in the cows in the first, you know, fifty or sixty days of, of lactation or once? Yeah, a day? I think they I think there probably is. Yeah. Because we're not yeah, you know, we're not peaking at you know, two kilos of milk solids a cow. Uh we're peaking at one and a half. Yeah. Um we, we hope to push that up over the over the journey, but but at the moment it's around that um around that point. So they're not quite working as hard. So uh this year, um excellent submission rate. Uh, really happy with how the cows were cycling. We went to a 10-week joining. Uh, if we can push that to nine, um, I'll be... Uh, so, uh, in actual fact, your six-week, you know, six-week in calf rate has probably, you know, increased a little bit if you yeah. manage to shorten your joining period. Yeah, it? yeah, absolutely. No other, you know, number of months a day is that are pushing eight-week or even six- or seven-week joinings now. Uh, of course, we'll get a, a slight increase in empty rate, but um, they're happy to they're happy to manage that. Yeah, because um, you're always going to be replacing a portion of the herd in any case. So. Yeah, yeah. So our, our real focus over the next little while is, is to get, well, the next couple of seasons, is to have is to have as many cows in calf as we can so we can really push some selection pressure on the on the cows in the herd, which will bring up our, our uh, per cow production. So Stuart, how do you manage fresh cows that are freshly calved on your system in, in this once a day? Yeah, really good question, Rui. It's one that we've changed over the over the journey. So when we first started once a day milking, so we're, we're once a day right through lactation, but we were milking our fresh cows twice a day. So for their eight milkings, we were milking them twice a day uh, and collecting cows and calves twice a day. And that was around just managing... Uh, managing workload a little bit because we can have a lot of cows calving a day, uh, but also mastitis management. So just being able to see those cows twice a day, milk them out twice a day, get on top of... Um, so this is the first four days. First of... four days. Uh, we changed... I can't remember, was this calving or, or last calving? We actually switched to only milking the fresh herd, to milking the fresh herd once a day. So just doing eight milkings once a day. Uh, but we were still collecting cows and calves twice a day, so still a 12-hour pickup for calves. Uh, that was around both mastitis management in cows, so having that first milking within 12 hours of calving and getting colostrum in the calves and, and off cows within 12 hours. So Yeah, and of course, a lot of them cows are bucket cows for the first couple of days anyway that wouldn't be going into the vat yes. regardless. Yeah, yeah, so we still made, so we, we manage our fresh calving cows as a separate herd, uh, so they spend time you know, in the fresh herd separate uh, milked generally after the after the main milkers uh, but once we split the herd then they're milked in the middle so again it's about managing workload uh, and then in the afternoon we'll just milk whatever's calved in the afternoon so once you get beyond your your six or eight weeks of intense calving you probably finish that practice in and yep. just have your 
yep, the that's right. Yeah, so we'll just have uh, yeah as it gets to um, gets towards the end of calving, we'll just roll those fresh cows into the herd, and and um, it, we didn't notice a huge difference in uh, mastitis. We didn't notice a huge difference production wise doing it doing it that uh, going back to only milking them once a day. Um, the cows adapted even in our first season of once a day. I thought. I don't want to go and look at the cows in the afternoon because they are not going to be happy. Within a few weeks, you could, as long as they had feed in the paddock, you'd go past and they wouldn't even look up. Yeah. They, they adapted really quick. You know, at four o'clock in the afternoon, they weren't interested in coming in really quickly. And when it comes to transition car management, that's another interesting thing. Yeah, so pretty much the same as what we were doing. Uh, we generally don't lead feed. Uh, that's But we are quite intensive with that chloride in the water, cause mag on the hay, um, limited grass, just managing yeah, it that way. It's, it's a if very we, valid if, system to use. Yeah, if we course. see a need for if we see a need for lead feeding, we will we will do it. Um, but we generally can manage transition cows reasonably well with that system. We didn't touch much on other factors that a lot of people talk about when we when we think about once a day milking, like labour and lifestyle changes. Can you maybe talk about that a little bit? Yeah, it's that. That was definitely profitability was still number one in in going. We've got to be a profitable business. Where you know, Belinda and I were relatively new into our share farming journey. We've got plenty of debts to pay. We've yeah, so it's not a it's not a wind down for us. It, this is you know, something we really want to want to make work long term. And so part of that long term vision is to make it sustainable for us. Um, we know that um, that labour is an issue in in a lot of rural areas um, and dairy is not exempt um, we we need staff for the size that we are so it uh, I feel it has helped us attract staff uh, into into our business it does oh, look I'm sure if you ask Belinda she'd say I'm still not home enough and, and that sort of thing <laughs> but and we do push some big days over carving carving still really intensive um, we but we're sitting here at 4.30 in the afternoon recording a podcast for every so yeah, exactly, there yeah. must be some benefits, some to, benefits um, yeah. to it so it, it and it does you know it, it does give you more flexibility on when you do things as well so that ability to go and get the kids from daycare kinder whatever it is at at milking time in the afternoon okay i might go out and do a little bit in the you know after after coming home if if needed um, but that, that flexibility in the afternoon is is really good. So you milk them in the morning the same time or it's a bit yeah, later? Yeah, same, same time. So when we when we increased, when we bought more land and increased the herd size, we actually split the herd. We couldn't fit them all in the yard. And milking time, time on concrete would be too long. The farm sort of lent itself to that. Dairy's in the middle, 75 hectares one side, 83 the other. Uh, so one herd stays on one side of the road, other herd has their side. Um, 260 cows a herd, one milker in the shed, swap between herds is the, uh, is the system. So uh, first herd cups on just before six, second herd about 8, 8.30. What that has opened up is the ability to attract labour to milk that second herd that aren't available at five in the morning to go and get cows or even six in the morning to turn up the shed and milk. So we've, we've had a, a staff member that that works really, really well for. With, yeah. um, with kids and school drop-off and that sort of thing. Um, it, it's increased flexibility with the with staff as well. Weekends, other than calving season, no split shifts. No milk in the morning, have a few hours off, milk in the afternoon. Um, occasionally we've got a paddock shift, but we've got you know, us on farm that can go and, go and whip cows around. So for from a staff point of view, well, no, 
cows need to be milked on the yep. weekend. It's a really hard time to get people, but if they know they can just do the morning and then they've got the rest of their day, is is really attractive. Yeah, definitely will be, I, I'd imagine. So in terms of, um, I'm interested in the the length of time it takes you to milk. You mentioned there that you, you milk your first 250-odd cows. It probably takes over two hours. Mm-hmm. How, how much longer do you milk your cows on a once-a-day milking? Obviously, it's definitely going to be longer than... Yeah, in the, in the spring, um, it, it's probably a, a 20% increase in, in milking time in the at peak production. As you get, you know, as you get through the season, then it, then it slows. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's as quick as you can. You know, it's, it's person-related rather than, uh, than cow-related. Um, so there is that increase in milking time that you've got to be aware of, that time on concrete. It does mean you can milk more cows potentially through a smaller shed. Um, because, but that one milking will be a bit longer. And you think that the two herds is a, f- a big factor there? Because say you, you had 500 in the one herd, some of them cows could be standing there for four hours then. That's right, yeah. yeah. So we're a herringbone shed. Um, it's a large herringbone shed, but yeah, you're still waiting for cows yeah. to, to milk out. So they would be pushing up to four and a half hours. So it probably suits best cream. to have that, that yeah. split herd then. Yep, and, and it means we can have one per- with two people in the shed. Particularly in spring, you spend a lot of time looking at each other. Um, so it does tick along nicely with one person to milk all 520 with one person, too much. So yeah. that swap in between, person milking the first herd can take off and do some, um, do other jobs and then everyone finishes when the, when the second herd's finished, so. Exactly, yeah. In terms of um, uh, infrastructure, uh, you know, um, we can talk a little bit of, you know, a lot of people say there are some cost savings in terms of power and, um, but you wanted to talk a little bit about um, plate coolers and um, the amount, how, how that changes between once and twice a day and it, there's yeah, certain types absolutely. of infrastructure. So, there's, there's, so while there's a bit of a reduction in, in milk production, you, you're looking at cost, cost savings as well. So uh, labour is one of them because uh, you're not milking twice a day. Uh, power, chemicals, you only wash the plant once a day. Um, repairs and maintenance, both tracks and, and in the dairy, you're just not working things quite as hard. Cows are only going up and down the tracks. So rubber wear lasts longer. Yeah, rubber wear lasts a little bit longer. Um, so there's, there's all those, those incremental savings, but there's a couple of watch outs as well. So while you can milk more cows in a, in a you know, smaller shed, you're getting, and generally getting an increased milk flow over what you're used to. Uh, so you know, our cows peak at, at 18 to 19 litres, Look, a, a shed that's milking cows that peak at 40 litres are going to do 25 a day, you know, per milking. So, but for what our shed was designed for, um, you've got to be a little bit careful that you're not going to overload plate coolers, uh, overload milk pumps, that sort of thing. So we were, we were confident in the milk pumps, uh, but we did upgrade our plate cooler because we were putting a higher flow rate through it and we just weren't getting the cooling performance. So that, that's been a bit of a, a, bit of a watch out. Um, if you are looking to, to go once a day. Yeah, and um, your um, amount of grain fed, you know, it probably peaks at around four kilos, so that's not really an issue. There's plenty of time for the cows to eat all the grain you're, you're Yeah, feeding. absolutely, and and so, yeah, targeting that um, six to 800 kilos a cow a, a season, uh, that really low through the ground, looking for really low substitution through the spring, really low grain through the spring, and then just step it up as the as pasture comes off, match it with silage. Yeah, it's a pretty simple traditional system, I yeah. guess. But and then you're drawing off your cows. That's another thing that's probably less 
less common nowadays. You actually have a, a defined dry off period in, in winter where you don't milk. Yeah, we do. Yeah, so you're right. It is a uh, it is a dying thing in um, in the industry a little bit, but we uh, we do still most years. There's been the occasional year that we've milked through, uh, but um, yeah, pretty much every year dried off. Uh, if you know, in some of those tough seasons, it was it was a bit longer uh, because we were just matching. Um, cow condition and uh, managing cow condition and that sort of thing, but traditionally three to four weeks. Do you reckon that cow condition is easier to manage on a once-a-day system? or It generally is, yeah, it generally is. So we, you do have, so part of cows not adapting to the system is one, uh, milk quality and, and breaking down with mastitis. The other is drying themselves off in February, just getting fat. Uh, yeah. So they're, they're the other cow that doesn't, doesn't suit the system. Um, been a reasonable time to do that with chopper cow prices. So where we have been yeah. able to move those cows on, it it um, they would generally we were generally selling cows heavier than we would in twice a day. It's interesting as well. I've often heard people in say places like New Zealand dry their cows off for the second half of the lactation, and sometimes if there is a drought over there or something in the summer months, and they might say, you know, in theory they might think they're saving a bit of feed but are you really saving much feed in your opinion because you still have to feed the cows you've still got to feed cows you've still got to feed cows and and when we went to 3.8 to the hectare we were we were definitely pushing the pushing the system for dry land um we were definitely and what not wanting to feed much grain we were we were at the top end um now yeah a bit more moderate but you've still got to you've still got to feed cow their their maintenance requirement is, is basically the same a litre of milk is still the same number of megajoules. It's actually probably more per litre because the solids test generally goes up. Um, if you push it too far, you underfeed the whole herd and you just don't get the performance. So you've still got to feed cows. Um, and while we've pulled some grain out to, you know, knowing that, that we will get a bit lower production, putting that in probably wouldn't give us more production. Do you reckon overall that your profitability has has changed much or has been around the same or I think it's a bit too early to tell just yet because of a couple of tough seasons that threw it out and and as I say I have I have questioned this system as much as anyone and sit down with our consultant and go what what's going on we I don't know whether we're on the right track and then we go through and we and we look at the numbers and say yeah what's what's grass doing and yeah that's got nothing to do with whether we're once or twice a day the growth rate is the growth rate we do everything we can to maximize it um the the cow so you can only the cows can only produce what's in in front of them and if it's if it hasn't rained um it and you you're looking to you know do it on grass it doesn't really matter yeah. what, what i think pasture utilization again is, is one of those key things and yeah and it's a bit variable of course here year to year you could be one or two tons different yeah. per hectare from year to year which will have a much bigger impact on your profitability than that that's right so, but when we when we look at it and we we say well if the cows are going to do more you've got to feed them more and what's that going to cost and and so i'm i'm confident long term we will maintain a, a similar profitability to when we were to when we were twice a day we won't we won't match the absolute cracker years um because you just won't push that production out of them in spring um, but we also hope that we we are more stable in our in our milk. Yeah, perhaps you might be more resilient if you know. Fingers crossed, it doesn't happen. But a really bad year for the industry comes and, yeah. and it's challenging seasonal conditions. That perhaps the once a day milking with the slightly lower cost of production will come into its that, own. Then. That's certainly been part of our part of our thinking as well. So yeah, we are we are confident that we can maintain and and with the better lifestyle that comes with it, we all know that lifestyle has a cost as well. Uh, so 
you either you either pay for it in in having someone do more work for you if you can't manage all the, the workload yourself, which with bigger farms we just can't. Um, yeah. We've chosen a different tack, which is you know once a day milking. We know we know some of the drawbacks of it. We know some of the positives of it. One of the positives is is that lifestyle and and family and that sort of thing. So it's, it's exactly yeah it's. Mm-hmm. All of that, all of that comes into this. Into yeah, really, this. often, often an underestimated and undervalued thing yeah. on, on a lot of dairy farms. So it's good that you you recognise that and are, are reaping the benefits of that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I think you've got a really good summary of of your system and and uh, and um, very good uh, information for people who might be considering this. Just a final thing, um, Stuart, would you have uh, much advice for farmers who are thinking about this road or this path, maybe? you know, out there that could be listening. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, talk to people who are doing it as and, and get as much information as you can. Run really good budgets. Get you know, get professional advice um, where you where you need to. Be be really realistic with what you're what you're looking to achieve because there will be um, that drop off. It, look, it really depends on the system. We were already relatively highly stocked. Our ability to push stocking rate much further to make up for that production drop wasn't there. If you're at a more moderate stocking rate, there is that opportunity potentially to milk a few more cows and you might send the same milk off the farm and, and not notice that drop as well. Yeah. So, but be really realistic with what, you, what you're looking to achieve. Do your budgets, talk to your bank, because they'll see the drop in milk before they see the drop in costs. Yeah. Um, so, but keep everyone, keep everyone informed you what, you what you're looking to do. Um, but it, it is a it is a we think a, a really viable option. So you have no temptation to go back to twice. Oh, look, oh, I'm not. I'll never say never. Really, it uh, if there's an opportunity or if we really think no, this system isn't getting us to where we want to be, hmm. then then we're not a hundred percent wedded to the idea. We we really like it, and we yeah, we're confident that. It is the right way for our business to go, and it won't be right for it won't be right for everyone. Just like you know, going three times a day wouldn't have been right for our business and our system and our cows. So it, it really is horses for courses, and um, but we're not you know we're not so stubborn that we wouldn't go back if we you know, if we found we had a, an opportunity present. We had the right team, you know, staff wise and that sort of thing, and we saw an opportunity, we'd probably have a go. But um, but at the moment. We're um, we're happy to to keep working at this system because we think we can we can really um, really match match profitability with with lifestyle and sustainability sustainable uh, a sustainable business. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's really interesting, Stuart, and as well, I think you're on the right track because, as you said, over the last few years, you're starting to gradually pick up that milk production per cow to close to where it was maybe before you actually went to. Yeah, and, day, and yeah. certainly once I day. certainly know of, of farms that have gone once a day and, and are sending the same amount of milk off the farm that they were when they were twice a day. So again, they're not go, they're not gonna be six hundred kilo milk solid cows that are gonna do that. Um but again it's it's matching you know your farm and, and the system that you feel is best for your farm and, and yourselves, um, and your own business to um yeah, to the cows, to the to the climate, um yeah, to the infrastructure you've got, it's, it's really making sure you've got all those ducks lined up as much as you can. Okay, well, thank you very much, Stuart. I think that was really an excellent summary of your farm and I really appreciate your time joining us in Dairy Pot. No worries. Thanks for having us, Rui. 
Thanks to Stu for being so open and honest about the pros and cons of running a once a day milking operation. Apart from all the practical information he offered, I think the real take home message was just about making decisions that work for your farm business. And that's exactly what Stu and Belinda have done. You can find more information on once a day milking at dairyaustralia.com.au. But as we said in the podcast, the best people to talk to are other farmers who are already using the system. Well, that's it for this episode. You'll find other episodes, as always, on SoundCloud or subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify. Thanks for listening and bye for now.